How do you do? Probably we all dream about stardom at some point in our lives. The desire to be someone who is acclaimed and recognized seems to be part of the human nature. But that dream and desire can be perverted by the wrong attitude and channeled in the wrong direction, unless the heart and mind and life are unshackled. I guess we'll do it that way. Barely sounds like it's so cold. No, well, this is 70 degrees. It's freezing. It's 45. Where are you in my Raj in sunny Los Angeles? It is sunny. Yeah, but it's cold as balls. We should rename the podcast two dudes freezing their asses off because <laughs> I know you're cold. It was 60 degrees yesterday. We had a huge thunderstorm. Was it? Yeah, it was really warm. And then we had a huge thunderstorm last night, and now it's freezing. It's like 30. Mm. That's your weather update. Uh, that's a weather update from John and Zay. Now back to you, Carla. So what's going on? Well, I don't know. I'm, uh, what is new? I, uh, oh, I don't know. I started smoking again. No. Yeah, I fucked up. I smoked one, you know, the book that I listened to, the rule is he's like, don't smoke a single cigarette. Right. And I, and I was like, ah, fuck the rules. Then <laughs> I smoked a cigarette and it tasted gross and I didn't like it very much. But then I was like, oh, I can, I did it. It went exactly the way he says it would go. I smoked a cigarette. I didn't like it. I thought that's why I don't smoke cigarettes, but. I started thinking about cigarettes all the time again. And I was like, I could do that again. And then I did it one more time. And then I did it one more time. And then by the third one, I couldn't stop thinking about cigarettes. So I'm going to have to quit again. And that's okay. I'm, I think I'll probably quit this week. I'm going to, I'm going to go through the process again and actually follow the rules this time. I'm already tired of these things, man. They're gross. Yeah. They're fucking nasty. You're going to listen to the book again. Tell everybody what the book is. The book is called The Easy Way to Quit Smoking by Donald Trump. And it actually it it, it is actually pretty easy mm. and it's you just got to follow the is rules. Is the guy that wrote and it still alive? Believe so. He does like seminars and I mean it's really great. Um I tell everybody about it. It's a great book and it really does work if you just take the suggestions. Like I put my last cigarette out mm -hmm. and I didn't want to smoke. I genuinely was like I'm good. I didn't have withdrawals because apparently that's all psychosomatic. They've done a lot of studies on it. Nicotine withdrawals uh, are almost imperceptible on a physical level. It's entirely in your mm. head. And um, and don't get me wrong, the psychosomatic symptoms can be sure. powerful, but that's part of what the book does is it sort of deprograms that. Yeah, he like gives you the confidence and the sort of perspective to quit, right? Precisely. As I blow by... <laughs> cancerous fumes into the you know, mic. I knew growing up, I knew these two doctors, a husband and a wife. And it was just like my grandparents' friends, you know? So I'd see them at like holiday parties and stuff. And they, the two of them, they were each doctors. I don't know of what, but they just chain smoked constantly up until the time they died, which was like 90 years old. So you'll be fine. That's yeah. I think, well, <laughs> the problem, the problem is even if it's not going to kill me, it's not great for which you, which it does many people. No, it's bad for you, and it 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 raises my anxiety. Yeah. It smells bad. They're very expensive. Um, they taste gross. I mean, there's really not a benefit yeah, what's to the them. Upside? The whole relaxation thing is is bullshit. I just need a thing. Right. I need a thing. 
I might try uh, tea tree oil toothpicks. The guy from the roots does that. Because I do need a thing to play with. I don't know. Whatever. It's, you know, it is what it is. It's, you, I'm not being too hard on myself. We make mistakes. We yeah. move on. Life yeah. happens. What are you going to do? You go outside of any AA meeting anywhere in America and all those people are sober, hopefully, but they're all chain smoking. Totally. Although, you know, an interesting thing about South Pasadena, yeah. which is where I live, um, is uh, there's a city ordinance that prohibits smoking in public spaces. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's great. It's a filthy habit. My feeling with all dangerous substances is that <clears throat> you can't legislate the yeah. usage of them too much. I think you got to people are going to get them if they want them. You know, they've done a lot of studies with uh, heroin usage, for example, and they're like, look, addicts, true deep drug addicts they they their lives end in one of two ways sober or stoned you know and the reality is that everybody either dies or gets clean you know like that's that's the outcome and so what they found is that if people survive long enough they eventually get clean mm -hmm. because nobody who's a who's a heroin addict wants to be a heroin addict right you know the and so there, the, there, are, there are certain places, certain cities, especially not in America, where there are programs where they'll do like needle recycling and they give people safe spaces to shoot up. And they're like, look, if you're going to get clean when you're ready to get clean, but if you die on the street, you don't have right. that opportunity. And so their thing is like, look, if you're going to do it, do it, but do it around people who are going to keep an eye out for you and be there when you're ready to surrender and say that you need it's, help. And it's sort of like right the direction. old school law enforcement model that was like not bust people for crimes, but be involved in the community in a way that you can prevent crime or interdict things right. before they, ha you know, instead of this mentality now where it's like yeah. going out and just catching criminals. Mm -hmm. It's such a bad, it's well, you know what it does is, not to get too too uh, into our uh -oh. political conspiracies, although everybody wants those. We know everybody loves those. Yeah, there's some pretty credible uh, evidence out there that pretty much every major wave of drug addiction in the you know in the country has had some type of major corporate and political involvement because it's sort of like if you want to win a war, you know, if America wanted to win any of the wars right. that we fight, we'd win them. The problem is we don't want to win them. We want to support the military industrial complex. So we where the cost is too high. I mean, you could win the war on terror if you nuked the entire Middle East, but the collateral damage is too high. Yeah. Or if we really believe in this sort of ridiculous concept of like nation building or whatever that doesn't really work, then we should just send like two million people to Afghanistan. Like not like fifteen thousand. Just take over the place and actually do a good job. Are you advocating for this right now? No, not in any way. We should have never been there. My point is, I think if we, it's just proof that we don't actually want to win. Sure, we want to be engaged. And so I think the law enforcement model is, well, if we really wanted to eliminate crime, maybe we would do things like. Or, 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 for instance, if we really wanted to do nation building, we would spend the money. You know, what does one missile cost? I don't know, $250,000 minimum, maybe sure. a million. Yeah, it depends on the missile, but yeah, a lot. Right. And a lot. A lot. Wow. You think about how much of a, you could rebuild an entire town sure. in Afghanistan for like $250,000. 
Or you could destroy yeah. an entire town for $250,000, which seems like a better investment. Hmm. Let's think about that. Anyway. Or you get them coming and going. You destroy it, and then you have a contractor from America come in yeah. and rebuild it. Yeah. That, see, that's what I'm saying. You make smart and moves. And if we, uh, if, we, if we make sure that there's a steady supply of opioids flowing into every poor community in the country— then uh, we make sure that the lower classes never have a chance to come up and try to take over things and equal equal the playing field. You know, originally... It's a pretty good strategy for the oligarchy to maintain power. Let's just put it that way. It's not to be pessimistic, but, you know, there are big cycles that sort of happen. And after the Civil War, I remember hearing this story that after the Civil War, there were, you know, there are all these horrific injuries on the battlefield, missing limbs, right. all kinds of crazy shit. And all of these soldiers got addicted to morphine mm. after the Civil War. And a pharmaceutical company invented heroin as a safer alternative to morphine, which mm. all these guys were hooked on. And of course, obviously, it wasn't safer or less addictive. And a ton of people got hooked on heroin. And now we have mm. Oxycontin, which was originally well, we have methadone. and methadone too. Well, we have a ton of different types of opiates that we say are safer and less addictive. And mm -hmm. we go through this entire cycle again. I heard just today on the radio that the Sackler family squirreled away $12 billion out of that company. The Sackler family is the company that owned. Yeah, per per yeah exactly. And they just ducked $12 billion away from the sale of these drugs because wow. they knew that the feds were coming, you know, <laughs> they're trying to hide this cash mm -hmm. before they got popped. It's so, well, and, and again, even, even that, I mean, great. The federal government is finally doing something. They're limping into right. this battle, this war on drugs, they'll just pay some fines. But, and they'll yeah, be the end. I of mean, it. dude, you think about how many people are sitting in jail yep. and I'm not saying that drug dealers should all be acquitted and whatnot, sure. but the, you think about how many people are – forget marijuana. You think about how many people are sitting in jail for, for heroin and cocaine and other narcotics, and the people who sold literally like half a trillion dollars worth of them are never going to see a even a day in court, let alone a day in jail. But you know the kind you of know, stuff like, that the cops the People do. at Purdue Pharma are not going to actually pay a single – sent out of no. their like 12 billion dollars that they squirreled away you know it's like when uh, philip seymour hoffman died of a heroin overdose a few years ago mm -hmm. they went and because he's like a beloved actor you know they went and they found mm. the drug dealer and charged them with murder i mean they went to like some what? pretty extreme lengths to figure out who gave him this drug and sort of turn them into this villain which, I mean, I guess they sort of are. But, you know, this guy's a drug user himself. It's it's a whole mess. But they found this guy and they prosecuted him for murder. Mm -hmm. And I don't know exactly what became of it. But you then you look at this family that knowingly distributed this drug, hid the bad effects of it, lied about it, did all this shady shit, which killed it kills tens of thousands of people a year. And they're mm -hmm. sitting in mansions right now with a team of lawyers figuring out how they're going to hide the army yeah. of lawyers. It's really wild. I wish I could uh, sit in a room with a couple of those lawyers 
<laughs> and then do you? punch them in the face until they don't have a head. But anymore. they're just doing a thing. They're just they went to some fancy school and they've got debt. Or are you really defending the lawyers who are defending the Sackler family? Come I mean, on, it's predatory. But they haven't killed anybody. They're just defending somebody who did. <sighs> I mean. Isn't that kind of the same as killing there's, somebody? You know, there's some it's like being the conciliary like, for the for the mob. Yeah, but he's cool. It's like you're part of the problem. Uh, they can't operate this way. I, I don't know. It's it's all here's the thing. Again, if we wanted to end the war on drugs, we would actually do the things necessary to do that. Forget Afghanistan. Let's think about how much money is spent on pick a topic like Medicare, right. you know what I mean? Or Medicaid. It's, and 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 the effects of of drug usage on our on our economy. And if we really wanted to end that, what would we do? We would actually listen to the research, the science sure. that had some really good suggestions about how we might actually be able to help these kinds of people. And we would actually do what we, we needed to do. It's like the smoking thing. We would actually follow the suggestions, but. We don't actually want to end it because it's a ginormous industry. To that very point, I think I sent this to you, but I heard this wild theory about vaping and smoking. And uh, essentially, it boils down to in the 90s, the 50 states signed a settlement with RJ Reynolds and a few other tobacco companies for something like $100 billion in penalty when when all the cancer shit about smoking came out right so the states get this hundred billion dollar payout that is going mm. into the future into perpetuity right and the way they get this money is for every person in the state that smokes basically every time you buy a pack of cigarettes they release some of this money to the states so the fact that people have been vaping at a historic level for the last couple of years has meant that a lot of people stop smoking cigarettes. And because of that, mm. the states, like particularly California, had tens of billions of dollars that they were expecting to get that they did not get because they weren't getting money because fewer people were smoking. But these states already borrowed that money before they got it. Assuming that we'll get $10 billion, $10 billion every year for the next couple of years, they borrowed against that money and spent it before they actually got it. So now not only wow. are they in debt, they're not getting the money that they thought they were going to get to pay this debt. So, I, I think we can all agree that maybe that's not how the government is supposed to be That doesn't seem smart, <laughs> right? No. No, it seems very ill-advised. Yes. It seems... Let's just assume that everyone has good intentions, which I think is a pretty big or assumption. Or that everything will stay it the same. It's very stupid. It's very dumb. It's so, dumb. At, at best, it's dumb and incompetence. At worst, it is a sinister plan. You know, we were talking about this. I, I, I had this idea. I had this idea for a sure. movie about sort of a, you know, there, there's some other versions of this. I've heard... Um, Oh, what's that show called? It's not Legion. It's um, it's basically about this. The, I don't know if he's the devil or some sort of spiritual evil mm. guy who manifests in the in the world as like a club owner right. or something. I forget what the plot is, but the point is, I think it's an interesting concept because, as everybody knows, you know, I, we both have some pretty deep curiosities at at least about sort of the concept of like a spiritual sure. realm, and 
And and as we've said, you know, what, 95% of the universe is made up of dark matter. I think there's clearly a lot of things we don't understand. And whether or not that comprises any sort of conscious beings is is clearly very difficult to determine from a scientific standpoint. But I had this idea. Yeah. You know, I've been watching this Ken Burns doc about, um, about mm. Vietnam. Speaking of not really wanting to win or right. lose a war. Um, <clears throat> and LBJ, speaking of dudes, I want to punch in the face. Goodness gracious. What a, <laughs> wow. you're going to get, a but anyway, I had service. this idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, you know, the ghost so, of the secret service. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're like, we're still out there. Um, so, but, but point is I had this idea for a movie about this sort of quiet, but very influential, um, demon effectively like a a a a super villain kind of spiritual guy who like has manifested himself and decides that like running the government doesn't make any sense but being the guy behind the government mm. that if you get into John McNamara's ear sure. for example or like you know today like the secretary of defense if you get in his ear and and, and are able to convince him eh, you know this communism thing i know vietnam's pretty small and I know Ho Chi Minh actually wants money to set up an American-style democracy. But what if he fucks us? And it's like, you know, you just start these little whispers. And it's like, you know, and I was like, man, that would be really interesting to sort of follow the downfall. But from the perspective of this sort of anti-hero who is, who is operating behind the scenes, the guy you, you know never the song heard Sympathy of, for the who devil. has extremely sinister motivations. Sorry, go ahead. The song Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. Mm. You know the song? Love He basically song. just goes through historical events, He's usually bad ones. Introduce myself. Yeah, it's a cool take, though, because it's like the hand at work behind the scenes of these evil events or these kind of historic crazy totally. events. Well, That's kind of what you're talking about. It is. I, I mean, I think what it really comes down to is conspiracies aside, you know, People, people kind of are a lot of people are like, ah, it seems too, it seems too, too complicated. Isn't it simpler that X is right. the case, you know? And, and, and yes, in some ways, I think the simplest explanation for all of this of is money. It always That's is. All it is, it's money and power there. And, and, but again, it's, you know, my, my buddy was like, he's like, you know, everybody, he's like, people don't think about this, but like politics isn't what the smartest most ambitious, most talented people typically gravitate towards. They gravitate towards the jobs because politics sucks. Right. You know, like The Onion ran a hilarious article the day after Obama was elected in 08, and it said, black man given America's worst job. And it was like <laughs> so brilliant because it really yeah. is the worst. And, and in a way, you know, being there, which is a, a great um, Hal Ashby movie, <clears throat> is about this guy who's this He's he's has serious like developmental delays like he he doesn't understand really anything, but he is able without any ill intentions. He accidentally becomes basically the the president by yeah. the end of the movie because he's controllable kind of and people keep thinking he's smart and because he speaks in sort of these weird parables about gardening <laughs> right. and stuff and. And it's fascinating because what you realize is like, oh, yeah, it's the mm. Vanderbilts. You know, like J Vanderbilt could have become right. the president. He didn't want to be the president. He was busy building a trillion dollar empire, you know, and that why, like, why would you want to become the president? Why would you want to be in Congress 
if you can be the guy telling the person in Congress what to do because you pay him. Because you some know? people like so that I think at the end of the day, though, right? it, I guess that's true. Yeah, but I I think that like it it makes sense to me that that usually governments to some extent are puppets unless it's a dictator. I think when you have like big charismatic dictators that's or or kings i think that's the most likely convergence of those two things but in a, in a in a true you know theoretically representative democracy it's not the most powerful but the president is not the right. most powerful it's the president's constituency which really consists of a handful of billionaires <laughs> you know that's encouraging uh, i mean it's fine you know the good news is is that like look at look at germany you know like easily one of the most heinous eras in America uh, in, in global history period was the early first half of the 20th century. And you know what? The human spirit is, is shockingly resilient. And I think that's where I become very encouraged is I think that yes, humans are capable of unimaginable horrors. And yet at the same time, we seem to consistently keep making some sort of limping, frustrating steps forward. That's how I kind of get out of this little depressing mind loop. I went through a phase when I was a kid where I was fascinated by Nazis. My kids, both of them, have gone through phases where they're like, holy shit, that actually happened? Didn't you? Did you go oh, through right. that? I, definitely I don't know did. that I did exactly, but it it is, it is a, I mean, uh, speaking of, the human spirit, you know, I, I was reading this mm. book called The Four Agreements. It's really great. And the very first it, it's it's this ancient um, North American, Central American, South American, like basically pre pre uh, pre Columbian wisdom right. tradition that has been passed down from generation to generation. And the first sort of agreement is be I'm trying to think how to paraphrase it. It's it's basically tell the truth because words are powerful. Your word is the most powerful tool that you have, that the right. human power has. You know, it's it's arguably the one major thing. It, it, it It's the easiest to identify thing that separates us from the rest of the animal kingdom. It's it's a huge thing. And you think about, I mean, it is it is fascinating that Hitler was able to convince a country to do what they did. And. I mean, it's fascinating and horrible, but it's also, again, to turn it to a sort of more positive version, we also have the opportunity, I think, to continue to try and use that yeah. power for good. And um, You mean the power of charisma? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, the power of charisma, the power of, of word, yeah. you know, the power of propaganda, if right. you will. You know, like the, the idea that people do listen. And they change their behavior based on being inspired because ultimately even the most evil people have used inspirational messages in order to achieve their, their goals. You know, that was Hitler's method is he inspired a war torn Germany that the world needed a super, you know, that, that they could rise again. Mm -hmm. And people were like, fuck yeah. And, and, I mean, that's that's terrifying. But I think if you imagine maybe one day um, a global leader, I don't believe in sort of a, a global government, but a global movement towards kindness and equality 
that's not impossible. I mean, we've had plenty of global movements that have led people to global atrocities. And so maybe maybe one day we could see a global movement that I mean, in some ways we're seeing that I was thinking about just well, maybe it is Kanye. I mean, I was thinking the other day, I was looking at um, I don't know, some sort of food product Mm. and in a store. And I was like, you know, it used to be really hard to find um organic stuff. It used to not be normal to say on a product, you know, sustainably grown. And now that's a value that customers have started to support with their money. And so corporations, which are driven by money for better or worse, have started to react to that. Years ago, it was impossible to get something that was not organic in the sense that there Mm. was no GMO. There was no barely artificial fertilizer. Mm. I mean, obviously there was, but not like Mm. what's going on right now. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe we're really just caught in a giant cycle of Munchausen syndrome, you know, where basically we are made sick in order to be made better. Oh, yeah, I know. Well, on that bright note, I guess uh, I was uh, was talking to our post house. They're chugging along. You know, Christmas is coming up. Um, It's uh, Tuesday the 17th. Christmas is a mere eight days away. That's exciting. You have Christmas plans? My parents are coming out. Um, (laughs) Oh, interesting. Um, Yeah, my parents are coming out. We're going to go to Palm Springs to hang out with some friends of theirs. They've got a cool house out in Palm Springs mm. for a couple of days over New Year's. So, there? Yeah. What's that? Does it get pretty festive out there? I think it does. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I'm like, I think it gets pretty festive. In, the, in some beautiful, you know, paradise, that's not the Christmas vibe. Christmas vibe is difficulty, you know, fires, mm-hmm. snow. Who says? I don't know. That's, I don't know. I'm from Jersey, but you're from Baltimore. You're, you know what I'm talking about. That's no, a real true. Christmas. Your, how about this, it's John? Too, it's your too- Christmas vibe. Your Christmas mm. vibe is fires and difficulty. That's true. That's true. Melikalikimaka, bro. Yeah, that's true, too. So, Roller's just chugging along. Um, John, you and I have been writing a script. Are we ready to talk about that, or should we wait until after the break? I don't think you show your hand. You can't show your hand yet. No, it's too good. It's too... It's a, it's a spicy meatball. <laughs> <laughs> no, John and I have been getting giddy on the phone when we we've been coming up That's with some true. real good ideas. That is true. It's let's let's try to let's try to work out a little bit of like a, a at least a log line though, John, because we haven't really done that yet. It's it's or let's just throw out some some things that um that have have inspired us based on sort of their long term influence over us um as creators. You know, just some other comps, if you will. Sure. Um, so, for example, Sleepless Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, Sleepless Raiders in Lost Seattle Ark. is a good one. No, yeah. That's a, that's a joke. Uh, <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle is a great rom-com. It is a good though. movie. Have you seen it recently? Not since I was a kid. It's terrific. Yeah. Who is it? Bill Pullman? I don't know. It's got Tom Hanks yeah. and Meg Ryan. Oh, yeah. Right? Right, right. They yeah, are for quite sure. a duo. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I like Tom Hanks. Not convinced. I just I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm skeptical. Well, so he's well too, then in that too case, squeaky it's, clean. Who's Steve McQueen? No, he's too squeaky clean. Oh yeah, he is pretty clean. Right. When is yeah. the shoe? No, drop? he should play a villain. No, 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 no. I want to see Tom Hanks play an unassuming villain. 
I, I just mean in okay, like, John. his personal life. Well, I like, like the fact that he's squeaky clean yeah. in his personal life. Good for him. Yes. But I think I think that if I was given the op- a blank slate Batman opportunity, mm-hmm. I would make uh, the killing joke version of the Joker story, oh, yeah. but I would cast Tom Hanks and completely rebuild the character kind of around him. You know what I mean? Like really, really, really dark version of Batman, but with somebody you'd never expect as the Joker and see kind of what that little grenade does to the whole thing. Is the new Joker movie, I haven't seen it, is it The Killing Joke? I think they might actually be doing some of that. I'm not sure. The Killing Joke's a great graphic novel. I've heard The Watchmen on HBO is phenomenal. Yeah, because I hated the movie, and I've talked to some other people who hated the Blake, uh, not Blake, Zack Snyder movie, and they're like, no, dude, this is freaking great. Okay, so really quick, let's get back to Scrappies, which is the name of the movie that we're working on. What? Scrappies. It's it's got some 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 Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's got The Shining. It's got um a little Usual Suspects. It's got what else? What else? Were we what else has been an influence? Um, Babe, Pig in the City. I can't not make jokes. John does this. not want to talk about Scrappies. All right, I guess we'll move <laughs> on. Well, I'm just reluctant to because um. I don't know. It's like a show don't tell type situation, you know? Yeah, but we talked about rollers for going on two years by the time anyone sees it. I know, but I wasn't involved in it. I wasn't involved in it. (laughs) I know. Now you see how uh, fucking terrifying it is to talk about a project that doesn't exist. Oh, boy. I'm getting a call from an unknown number. I think not. You've been getting a lot of spam calls. Generally. Oh, so much. So much spam. Oh, so much spam. You know, I was thinking about this actually. I was texting Nate Drexler, friend mm-hmm. of the show, mm-hmm. uh, guest of of old, <clears throat> and uh, he asked for a friend's number. I was putting him in touch with somebody, and I said, "He said, can you send me that number?" And I said, "100, like 100. percent I got you." Sure. And then at the same moment, we both realized, "What if his number was 100? Uh, that would right. be amazing." <laughs> and then I was thinking about like I could picture in a, like in a Tarantino movie, you know, mm-hmm. some guy. He's like, yeah, call this guy. He'll hook you up. And he hands him a card. He's like, his number's 100? He's like, yeah, it's, just call him, man. And then it's like the <laughs> coolest guy of all time because right. his fucking phone number is 100. I kind of want to like go ahead and lay claim to the phone number 100. You know, you can type in emojis as um, web addresses now. Can you yeah. really? <laughs> I know. I was talking to See, a guy who bought a bunch of emoji uh, Wow. That's Domain actually names. really smart. That's like getting shoes.com. Poop. Dot, I'm going to get the poop emoji.com. No, oh, it's already, already gone. gone, my friend. I'm going to get 40 poops in a row.com. And then it. it'll be like, see what happens. With they're you. like, visit us at 40 poops in a row.com. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's always typing in 39. So you got to buy 39. You got to buy 41. You know, like recently yeah. I, I hate, oh my gosh, this is the scum of the earth. The people who buy like, Google with one O and put ads on it. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. And then add value to the world, bro. It's an extortion thing too. You know, it's what do they call it? Server squatting or domain name squatting. Like somebody, there was famously Joe Rogan. uh, Somebody had Joe Rogan.com. It was like a Mitsubishi dealer in like Ohio. And um, he's like, yeah, I'll give it to you for like 500 grand. (laughs) Oh, man. So, okay. So, I guess John doesn't want to talk about Scrappies. That's fine. I understand. 
Um, we'll get there eventually. So the other yeah. thing that I was thinking about talking about, and this is one of those things that makes me a little nervous. Uh oh. Thank God you're the one that's nervous, not me. Uh, and I think, mm. well, you might be nervous when you find out what it is. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I, it's a rollers related topic. I'll be a little cryptic at first, John, because I want to give you a chance to tell me that maybe I'm overstepping what I should discuss on the air. Gotcha. But gotcha. I, you know me, I like to go hard in the paint. I like to, <laughs> I like to drive straight to the rim and dunk it. I don't like to throw up pot shots from the outside. You know what I'm saying? So yes, although you're losing me with all these sports metaphors, I'm losing myself. <laughs> so I'm going to get back to the point. The point is I, you know, so John, we were texting about the current state oh, yeah. of things. And I sure. think it might be interesting to kind of just, uh, we've already been very honest about where things are at. Um, sure. I kind of want to just have a really open conversation about where my head's at, but I also think it's the kind of thing where traditional wisdom is that maybe I should not discuss these things preemptively. And, and, and in some ways, that's precisely why I want to discuss them. I want to get ahead of the narrative. I want to, I want to be honest when it hurts because that's the only sure. time when it's really interesting to be honest. If you get caught in a lie, then you're not telling the truth when you come clean. And so yeah. I'm not saying I'm lying about anything. I'm not. But if I make up a narrative after the fact to justify what took place, then it's less interesting. It's less truthful. And the point of this podcast is to be totally open. So we got a little heavy here, folks, and we decided to cut it in two parts. Part two coming soon. <laughs>